There's three options of what happened. Yes, please. Option one, you're lying. <laughs> and, and you changed it and you're just lying to me. Um, straight to my face, might I add, because we're, we're sitting so close today. Uh, option two is that the aircon changed its own temperature. So I put okay. it on 24. Yep. You like how um, me being wrong is my third option. I'll get there in a second. But yeah, option two, aircon changed its own temperature. I put it on 24 and then an hour later it changed to 26. Yep. And then option three is I didn't put it on 24. For some strange reason, I put it on 26. What is the most save To save face for both of us. Yeah. Let's, let's go with that there's, there's some um, auto, auto setting in the aircon that we just don't know about. And that, you know, the aircon likes it hot. Speaking of not knowing things, welcome uh, to this episode of Expectation versus Reality. This is our pilot. And well, isn't a, this, this is an episode of Badgered and we're piloting an episode of. Yeah, Ex but if it's successful, this will be our first episode of the podcast titled Expectation vs. Reality. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you get yeah, it? Yeah. So we have to try our best to make it successful just so I don't sound like an idiot. Expectation vs. Reality. This is basically, <laughs> I'm going to just read what I said in our show notes. Um, in italics, under our title, I said, I don't know how to be an adult. Semicolon, how do I learn to be an adult, question mark. <laughs> and that's what this show is about. It's about the things that we expect life to hand to us and the reality of what life is. This is where we discuss things like how to apply for a job or if you have um, a, a household appliance that starts malfunctioning, how might you repair it? And specifically in this episode, I wanted to talk about handyman jobs and how us as two uh, 20- <laughs> Um, year old people, uh, we have encountered situations where we are trying to repair things or fix things, either in our house, in our cars, and how we just don't know how to do any of that. And I kind of wanted to talk about well, why. we know how to do it, but whether it's done well is a, is another question <laughs> Wait. in of itself. So you're telling me now if your car has a problem, like if you're driving and it turns off in the middle of you driving, yeah and then you like have to suddenly park on the side of the road, you would know how to fix that, but you just wouldn't fix it well. Is that what you're telling me? No, okay. It, well, it, that's like a very, that's a very specific scenario that you- that It's because it, it happened to me. Because no, I was in a scenario where I, um, uh, wait, do we do want another intro or we're just gonna jump straight? No, in? just we're keep just going, going man. So like, cause I wear uh, one of the piece of, pieces of tech that I love the most are my wireless earphones. Yep. Oh, that has been. They also have like a noise cancelling feature, right? Yeah. So I was wearing them when I was driving from home, from work to home one day. Yeah. Because I had the noise cancelling feature on, um, I didn't hear hear my car yelling at me that I that I left the headlights on. Oh, so it was beeping. Yeah, it was beeping. I just didn't hear it. So, uh, <laughs> well, next day, next thing I know, um, it's the, my car's dead, and I was freaking out. I never had to mm. do this. Um, I didn't know what was wrong. Um, it took me a while to figure out that I left the headlights on. So, um, I managed to fix that by myself. Oh, so I'm impressed. So I, I had to, um, well, there was, I did have a bit of hiccup where, okay, I realized the batteries was dead, yep. right? Um, I managed to, one, unplug the, the old batteries, and this is without no, no YouTube. Really? Whatsoever. So you yeah. just like opened the hood of your yeah, car? Yeah, I was like, okay, because like, I, I, I this, don't learn your mechanical uh, problems <laughs> from movies. But I've seen in movies that people, you know, take stuff off. Yeah. Right? Took it off. Um, 
I took it to um, a battery place. Yeah. Super cheap auto. I yeah. Think. All right. I bought a battery without checking with anyone. I just like, this is a battery I'm holding. That's a battery there that I need. <laughs> they look relatively the same <laughs> exactly. size. Exactly. But you did, you did the thing that you do um, when you hold watermelons. Yeah. And you just like tap so, it. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good battery. That's a good battery. It's making a good sound. Um, took that battery, took said battery. Yeah. Didn't fit in my car. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was standing. Wait. So I was kicking out. Why would it? Nah. Yeah. So then I had to go all the way back. Wait, so at this point, is your car at home and it can't turn on? Yeah, luckily, yeah, this is Right, home, so you luckily. were just like walking to the closest super cheap oil. No, luckily, I just like, I was like calling up my friends saying, please drive me. <laughs> so, uh, Van, thank you for driving yeah. me to super cheap auto. Van's the real MVP. I guess part of the reason why I want to have these discussions is because I know that some people are going to be listening to this going... Let me finish my, quick, my story real quick. Well, <laughs> swear, this time I, I actually asked my customer service oh, Is this your redemption arc? My redemption arc. Okay. I, I got up the courage to ask, oh, hey, is this the right battery? They said yes. Yep. Put the battery back in. Oh, sweet. Still going <laughs> to this day. Same battery in the car right now. <laughs> so uh, when you asked, you asked the, the sales rep the second time you visited, not the first time. This is kind of related to something I want to mention later, but did you not ask the first time because you're an anxious millennial? Yeah, and I don't want to inconvenience, inconvenience <laughs> the sales, but they've got more important things to do than um, to deal with, a, to deal with a, a, a walnut of a person that left his <laughs> headlights on. Okay, so, so like part of the reason why I wanted to have this discussion, what I was saying before, is I know that people are listening to this going, you guys are idiots, it's so easy to tell what kind of battery your car needs. And I, I feel like the, what, the reason I want to record this is because I feel like uh, there are other people who feel the same way that we do, where they're like, I don't know any of this. I don't know how to repair a car. I don't know how to even begin to understand what it's like to have to like choose which car battery goes inside a car. How do you, un like all of that is just, completely unfathomable knowledge without, you know, Googling it, which we'll also discuss later. You just remind me of another car problem. With Tell my me. car key. Oh, did you, I was going to say remind me. So, um, you would think that, that, you know, not even switching car keys, but getting a new case for a car key yep. would be a relatively straightforward thing, right? So, I'll show my, allow my car keys, so you might be able to help me describe. Um, so, the, the actual plastic case itself, right? Yep. Was broken. Yeah, I remember you showing yeah. me this. So every time I, w I would, um, I guess after years of wear and tear so you're, you're from talking the previous about owner. Just, just for the audio listeners, because there are only audio listeners. <laughs> Should take is, a picture and then, no, you know. No. <laughs> this is the key fob. Okay, is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I had to Google this. So it's just the case, <laughs> but not the key itself or the electronics that's, that's yep. inside. Um, it was broken, so I ordered off eBay a, a new one. Yep. Um, and then switch everything out, new case, looks brilliant, um, and my car won't turn on. Yeah. I was like, the hell? So like, uh, I, I, double, I, I opened the case again, no, the electronics is in there, it's fine, it can unlock and unlock the door, key's fine, won't turn on. I was like, what the hell? So luckily I have um, a spare, a spare um, car key, but it doesn't have the electronics, it just has, it's just like a normal yeah. car key. Um, and that works, I was like, the hell is going on? Were you telling me that the, the one that has the electronics in it, even though the key shape hadn't changed, yeah. you're putting it into the ignition of yeah. the car, turning it, and nothing is happening? Yeah. This is why I always talk about like all mechanic things being a complete, like just 
there's no logic to it. Like, why? Anyway, sorry. I'm going to go on no, my rant. Right. Tell, tell me what And happened. if you haven't dealt with this before, this, look, this next one is going to blow your mind. It blew my mind when I figured out what was wrong, right? Um, so I was like switching back and forth. And then, so I just used them because I was trying to go out and hang out with my friends, Van and David. Yep. Um, so I just, I just took my old, my, the backup car key. Sorry, I, I just, I love that you had to name your friends to <laughs> prove that you have friends. <laughs> They're real. Yeah. All right? Remember Van? I said him earlier <laughs> yeah. in the podcast. It's a callback. Um, <laughs> So got my backup car keys, drove to my mate's place, and then we were just like just throwing out ideas about why oh, my, my car key wouldn't work. I love this like group. I keep using the word millennials, but like the 20-something-year-olds just trying to like fix a car thing and no one knows what they're talking about. This is what I'm imagining. Yeah, exactly. And then Van said, is there like some piece of like chip in your, in your car key? I was like, no, like the electronics is in, in the same key. It just doesn't work. Um, and then one thing led to another. So I was, I was typing up chips in car keys because Van was very insistent that must be something um, um, something to do with that turns out along with the key along with the electronics mm. within the case there is a super tiny chip no a super tiny chip come on that when it's in range of your car no lets the car know oh this is the actual car key now lucky for me I didn't chuck my case in the bin oh my gosh so I went home I dig out the trash and then this little piece of, it was just like, it was like um, mocking me. Just like in this little chip. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's sitting in the trash. It's sitting in the trash. It's in, I, I took out the old case yeah. and I can see it, but I can't pry it out and it's laughing at me. <laughs> it just took me, it was a good 45 minutes. Yeah. Luckily, because of <laughs> past DIY stuff, yeah. I brought, I have, I had bought a Dremel. Do you know what a Dremel is? Um, no. It's like a, <laughs> a tiny drill with different bits that you can use to cut wait you can do that when you're building pcs because you like cut metal pieces right you can but i was using this for another because I, I think i had to I, I i looked this up on google once where there was like a, a bracket for something on a in a case for a motherboard yeah and like the hole wasn't big enough and you can use the is dremel yeah yeah you can use that to widen the hole yeah that's metal. so you can use there's different bits for it right yeah so the thing is though, because, so, and then there's one bit you have that's kind of like a circular, like a mini circular saw. Yeah. You know, right? So I had like, to demonstrate to Bilal, I had my old case. Yeah. Right? Holding like this. And <laughs> Ke I was like, Kevin's, two, Kevin's holding the, the key fob between his knees and he's curled up in the fetal position. Two hands on the drill, right? Because yeah. one wrong move and I would have like sliced the drill, the sliced the chip. And the chip is like, it's, it's minuscule. It's tinier than a grain of sand. Where does it get its power from? I think it, it, it's like a chip, right? And then when, like, when you turn on the uh, car, when you turn on the, you don't start the car, but see how like the electronics start when you yeah. turn it on? Sending out some sort of energy waves. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's just like gesturing with it's his like, hands. It's um, uh, like, what are they called? Like the RFID chips where they're powered by the transmitter. Yes. Yes. So this chip is powered by the the electromagnetic waves of the car yep. that they, they talk And to all of car. this is because you're trying to put your key in and turn the ignition on. Yeah. And, all right, wait. I'm, because before, the, when the chip wasn't in, right, it would just keep like doing the, like it wouldn't start. It just kept going over. over wait, the, so the, the key is actually turning? Yeah, it turns and everything, but it just, it won't start but, without this chip. All right, this is the one thing I do know about cars. There's like spark plugs that kind of are the thing that ignite the the... The other thing that turns the engine on. Yeah. So what did it sound like when you turned the key that, that it was like going? Like yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. That's so strange. And like, I guess the so chip. it was like disabling the spark plugs. Yeah. 
How? Wait, what year is your car from? Uh, 2011. Did they even have that technology back then? <laughs> um, so I ended up like, like, like 45 minutes of like just drilling in and out, in and out, yeah. in and, and then like shaking every now and again. And why do you have out. a Dremel? <laughs> just gonna lead on to my next story about why I have a Dremel. Okay, okay. Oh, you can finish, okay. This, finish this story. No, first. no, then drilling out and then finally it got out. Uh, I wish I had like, uh, if I had a tiny screw, I could show you the goddamn chip that was like, and, then, like, and all I had to do was like, you know, just plop the chip in the, the, the case, fit, tighten it up, and it works. Wait, oh, I have so many questions. I'm going to limit it to two so you can go on to your next story. Question one, yes. the chip now, that like, that little thing that you had to remove from your other key fob and put into this one, yeah. did you have to attach it to anything on this key, or is it just kind of rattling inside that plastic case? That's a good I you're shaking it. It's something shaking. I think I think it's there. There's, there's, so you just put there's, it there's in. Little, I think there's like a little groove for it, but it's not like tight. So this, because this is like a third party thing, right? Yeah. In the my original car key yeah. case, that it was like it was. It there was, was a it slot was tight. It. it was like a tight squeeze. I'm assuming this exists. This is not my other question. I'm gonna sneak another one in. I'm assuming this exists because it's like an anti-theft thing. Yeah. That you can't like just put something into the ignition and turn it and yeah. turn the car on, it stops the engine from actually turning, turning over. Yeah. But at any point in this, did you stop and consider getting that chip and just like taping it to your steering wheel? <laughs> now that you mention it. Cause that's what I would have done. As I would have just gone, this needs to be next to my car for it to work. I would just tape it to the underside of my steering wheel. But I think there, because there's a chip in here, I think I realized you, people can't hotwire your car, I think. Yeah, I know. That's like an anti-theft thing. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause so it, like, my solution's a bad one because okay. then my car can get stolen. Yeah. All right. My actual other question was the other key that you had. You said there was another key that you yes. tried and it worked, but that one doesn't have the like the fob on it. It doesn't have no, the buttons. No. It, yeah. It's just, it's just the key. key and then like a hard plastic. And so the chip must be in the hard plastic. So there's plastic. a chip in that one as I, well. I, it has to, yeah. And the thing is, no one ever told me there was a chip in a car key that I needed to worry about. I, I so hope people listening to this are like, I'm going to go and stare at my car key now because that's literally the first thing I'm going to do after this recording is there's a plastic bit on my car key. Well, my car was from 98, mm. so it's a lot older than yours. So I doubt it's in there. But what if it is? Yeah. And oh my gosh, that's so blowing my mind. If you ever need to change your, your, the case for your car keys, yep. make sure that there's a chip in there. And I think the moral of each of these stories is always going to be, no one told me this. Yeah. And that's that expectation versus reality thing. So that leads into my next question. Why do you have a Dremel? So this, this isn't really a case of no one told me this. It was just me being very particular about how something worked. Yep. So um, I think Bilal, you're very familiar, Bilal, with my, my kind of lofty goals of, of being able to play computer games, yep. actual computer games on my phone. Yes. I think we've, we've had this conversation um, before. Yeah. Um, and, and just to clarify, is it play games on your phone and it's like actually running on your PC, but you're streaming the footage and the input to your phone? Or is yes. it like... So pretty much all of the, the, the hard work of, of computer graphics is handled by my computer. Yep. And it is just like sending me over um, the, the picture. Basically. So you just wanted to create your own Google Stadia. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cut out the middleman. Yeah. Google. Yeah. As if they need my money. <laughs> um, so one of the accessories in which to achieve this 
um, and I think I've shown you this before, Bilal, is there is kind of like a little adapter that um, connects to an Xbox controller. Yes. And then on the, the and then you can attach your phone to your Xbox controller. Yeah. You played um, Legend of Zelda in front of me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 And I think and I think that was the same um, adapter that I was trying to fix. So this is a really <laughs> a really silly reason. The when I was when I'm playing the game right. The phone didn't go back far enough. Oh my gosh, Kevin. I was like, well, look, I have to like move my wrist a little bit. That's kind of annoying. Do you mean the phone didn't go back? Because it's attached to the like yep. Xbox controller. The phone is on the top and you couldn't see the phone properly. I, no, I could see the phone fine, but I just wanted the little, just a little more. You wanted it to be a... angled towards you. Yeah. So I think because like, instead of say like this, right? Maybe it was like that. So like a then... flip phone, but closed a bit closer towards you. A bit further away from Oh, me. further away. It was too, I think maybe it was too close to me. So you had to play like you were hunched yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So your solution to that is not move your hands. Yeah, it's, because then that might damage your wrist. And we all know, but like, oh, my wrists are not in good shape. But it's also not rest it in your lap. And, and just... Okay, I mean, Bilal, let's not be sensible here, right? This okay. <laughs> so you're completely... Your version of sensible is you went and purchased a Dremel? Yeah. It was really annoying me. How much does a Dremel go for? Um, do you, you want to search it up? Yeah, you keep talking because my next question is, where did you buy a Dremel from? Um, man, like where else? But Bunnings. Oh yeah, that's the that's the second oh, suggestion. Second Check it out. Dremel Bunnings. Bunnings. Yeah, let's see. Um, let's see how much it costs. Did, did you did you go there in person? This is us just like navigating being adults. Did you go to Bunnings in person? Go up to someone and say, "Where are your Dremels?" Oh God, no, no. <laughs> I just like walked around for a while until I found the Dremel <laughs> section. There's a section. Okay, not for drama, but there's like a, like a drill area. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe there's a drill section yeah. in Bunnings. So you went, you found the Dremel section. Yeah. How did you go about choosing your Dremel? Um, I think I'm just looking for. Let's do it. Can do we know which one I bought? Well, there's all these different drill bits here. Yeah. But there's no actual like machine thingy. Ah. So I'll, I'll keep looking. Yeah. But I kind of just want to know how did you go from walking in Bunnings? to walking out of it with a Dremel. Like, did you have a single conversation with someone? Oh no, I was like, cause <laughs> before I decided I needed the Dremel, I, there was some other options I went through, like a knife. But, yeah. um, so, and I realized that there was this like one little um, plastic nibbly bit that I needed to shave off yeah. so that I could get the extra uh, movement, I guess, of this uh, adapter. Yeah. Um, and then I just, after like just trying and trying and couldn't, um, I just uh, came to con the conclusion that I needed a Dremel. All right, so the Bunnings website says, or Amazon actually, says that this uh, Dremel 3000 rotary tool, 130 watt multi-tool kit is $109. Oh God. Is that, is that, are you looking at that and going, oh my gosh, I spent too much on my Dremel? Or is that like more expensive than you thought? I think, I don't, I don't remember. I think maybe, I'm trying to, maybe I got something like that. That makes me feel a bit oh, better. Oh, you just got the, the 200 series. Yeah. Not yeah. the, not the Free fully food. kitted out. Yeah, no, no. Look, I just needed something to get the job done, you know? All right. Can I say something ridiculous as I'm listening to you talk about this? Sure. I want a Dremel. Like, it's, this is, this it's is only, so useful. This it's is only a so hundred bucks. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's got like all these different drill bits in it. And like, I used to work at an optometrist. We've mm. had this conversation before. And one of the reasons I really like that job is because I used to, it's the only time I've had a job really where I was working with my hands on something. Yeah. 
and there was a retail portion of it where I was like selling optical glasses and, and all that sort of things. But then at the same time, I had to like grind optical lenses on like mm. a grinding wheel. Yeah, yeah. And I used to like repair frames and they were metal frames. And often I was like, if only I could make this hole a little bit bigger or if I could just shave off this end of something. And the whole time for, I was there for four years, I could have had a Dremel. And instead I was like, there was a time where I had like a little screwdriver. Oh my gosh, anyone who's listening to this, who I've repaired your glasses, I didn't do this to your glasses. <laughs> um, I would have like a screwdriver and then like a little, like all my hand or a like little hammer thing. And then I would rest it up against the bench at yeah. work and I would just tap it until I broke the like part that I needed. Exactly like a caveman. Like a bone and stone. <laughs> But that all being said, I really enjoyed that process yeah. because I got to like just look at things and get engrossed in things and build things. And I feel like now I don't do any of those things. Mm. But it sounds like I was coming into this conversation thinking that you were on the same wavelength as me. But you have done a lot more stuff than I have. Like it sounds like you're always doing some handsy project. Is that because you want to? No, I feel like no. All of the, the projects that I have encountered in my life are inconveniences. And the thing is, no, no, actually, they're not objectively inconveniences. They're just inconveniences to me. Yeah. And I just can't let it go. Um, and just on that real quick before I finish. So just to try to convince you to buy a Dremel. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh, Kevin. Um, what are you holding? Um, so after um, I kind of drilled down my kind of game adapter bit, right? I didn't use it for a while. But the thing is, you're not always, you're not going to use a Dremel regularly. But when you need one, you are so glad that you have yeah. a Dremel. Same thing with a drill as well. You barely use a drill, but when you need a drill, so useful. But, but Kevin, right now, I have a friend who has a Dremel. Yeah. You? Yeah. So I don't need to get a Dremel. No, you don't. You can absolutely. All right. The uh, next time I'm looking at a tiny hole and I think I need to make that hole larger, I'm going to think of Kevin. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell one more quick story about like just one of like random times when you need a Dremel. You're, like, you're just like you're <laughs> glad you, you have one. So this, Bilal. Um, this is a USB. This is a USB. But... This is like a tiny, really tiny USB. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, really cute and convenient. This used to be a wristband. Did I borrow this off you once? Maybe. Is this what Windows was on that time I needed Windows? Oh yes, I have. I have a couple of. of these. I think I still have the other one you gave yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just for reference, this USB is about the size of the first segment on my index finger, maybe slightly larger. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. The USB you have, the one I have here, they used to be a wristband. Do you know they're slappy wristbands? Yeah. So this what this is what it used to be a slappy wristband. Yeah. Um, that I um, I took a bunch from from my previous workplace just because they weren't using it. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, I didn't want to have like a big ass wristband as a USB, right? But I, and I noticed that the USB itself was really tiny. I was like, how can I just grab the, the USB portion of the scissors. wristband? Scissors. The answer is scissors. I tried scissors, right? Yeah. You think it, because it's just plastic yeah. that it, you can just cut through it, right? Get better scissors. This is metal. What? So if you notice... Oh my gosh. It is... The basis of the things is it's metal and it's oh, covered so those in plastic. Like, those those um, clip-on bracelets, the one where you like smack your arm and it wraps around, yeah. there's metal in those. There, those, there is metal oh. in those. Because so, in my first instance, was there, I tried to cut it, cut, cut the, the USB out. Then I realized I, I can't cut through just metal. A Dremel. A Dremel. And boy, was it fun. <laughs> because <laughs> when you get a Dremel on metal... It sparks? It sparks. Oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. Yeah. And it was like tiny little sparks because it's a tiny little USB. Exactly. And then I, I had to just like, then because of the bits, right? So the first bit was just like 
um like a like it's almost like a circular saw yeah get it for it and then i had to put in another bit to like buffer out the thing so it doesn't cut you because it was sharp as hell Kevin, uh, I, so that's I feel another, like, another reason why dremels are great. I don't know. I feel like you're good at handyman things, and I never knew until this moment. Yeah, it's the, um, what are they called? Just like bodge jobs. Um, the bodgiest of jobs. The thing I was going to touch on before is, you know how you said these, these odd jobs annoy you? Like they're things that, that frustrate you, and you do them because you want to like move through the frustration, but the actual doing of the job, does that annoy you too? Oh, the actual doing, I find it's, it's, all, it's meditative, I would say. Do you think that experience of like doing things around the house and repairing things because it's annoying you because you're trying to fix things and make yeah, your yeah. life easier? Do you think that's the reason most people who do like handy stuff around the house do it? Ooh. Or do you think some people do it because they're just genuinely like, I want to look at what my next project is. So I feel, I feel like those people are a minority. Really? I believe. Yeah. I feel like, cause if I had the option to either, um, fix something myself yeah or get someone who knows what they're doing to do it for me i'd go with that option <laughs> but also money yeah yeah so so are you doing these things because you you don't have the option or you're trying to save money to get like you're not getting someone else to do this for you because you don't have that option you're just like i'm gonna do this myself yeah just go like for like you gotta call up you gotta schedule you gotta be at home at the right time for the person to come in yeah person's gotta come in they do the job they don't know how to do the job they come back they mess up the job <laughs> you call them back again and then it's just like a, a never-ending cycle so if i'm gonna if, if something's gonna stuff up let me stuff it up myself yeah. all right yeah. i feel like you have no trust in repair people is this because of like a horrible experience or is this just in general you feel like it's better if you do the job not, not, no, not that it's better. Let's be really clear about that now. <laughs> Just, it's, it's like almost uh, delaying the inevitable, all right? It's also because part of the whole not wanting to talk to people thing as well. Yeah. Do you want to touch on that? Do we, do we want to talk about like, because I think it goes hand in hand. No, no pun intended with this like, you know, handyman jobs that we're talking about. Like, because I, I feel like I have a similar experience. If right now I feel like something needs to get fixed in my house, my first thought is I'm going to do this myself, not because I think I'm good at it, but because I'm like, man, I have to, one, I have to call someone on the phone. This is not like, I can't text a random repair person and be like, I got your number on the, on the internet. And then I have to like make the small talk with them when they come. I have to like explain the problem to them in a way that makes it sound like I know what the heck I'm talking about, even though they know I don't know. And I know I don't know. And the reason I'm calling them is because I don't know. So why am I trying to like talk about this thing as if I know something about like a kitchen sink or whatever, you know? <laughs> but I still feel like I have that pressure. So my first thing is I'm going to try to fix it myself. Yeah. And my first step is always Google. Yeah. 100% it's Google. Absolutely. Um, I, I've got another question. I know you, you said lots of stories about your, your um, I don't even know what to call these things, like repair jobs. <laughs> I would not call them repair. <laughs> I don't call them jobs, just like. Odd jobs. Odd jobs. Um, one of the other sagas that I followed very closely in your, in your um, yeah, I'm going to use the word saga because <laughs> there was multiple instances where it came up, is your, your um, carpet. Oh, the carpet. Now, I can't remember if, how it left off if you like ended up replacing a carpet or just removing a carpet. But the, I think the first thing I ever heard about this was you messaged me once that, and it was a picture of like you tearing your floor out in your house and going, or apartment and going, I don't even remember what you said. I think you just like sent it in a, like a sad face emoji. Oh God, I don't know. Or like a frustrated emoji. So what happened with the carpet? 
Um, so I was living um, by myself for a bit. Yep. And I was going to be moving back home for a little while. Yeah. And before I moved back to, back home though, I wanted to like completely redo my room. Yep. Um, that I that I was in, um, and I was like, I don't want. And after having lived in a place by myself that had no carpet, yeah, I was, I loved it. It was so easy to keep the house clean. Just like <laughs> sweep or mop, you don't have to worry too much about a vacuum cleaner. But with carpet, there's always, for whatever reason, dust in the air. Yep. So no matter how much you vacuum, there's always going to be dust, and I hated that. So I was, I was just like, and this was about maybe eight months. Maybe I'm exaggerating a bit. I had a number of months of me researching how to replace <laughs> carpet. Um, yeah, just how to replace carpet. So I decided I was going to replace carpet with, um, with something that's called like a, a floating floor. Um, and um, it's not like real wood, but it's almost like, uh, yeah. Yeah, keep going. Um, it's all like faux Faux wood, almost. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't. There's, oh. there's a name for them, um, but those are pretty much what. what so this looks I'd, a little bit like jigsaw pieces for floorboards. So it looks like it's actually floorboards, but it just is kind of a lining on top of the ground. Yeah, yeah. And so there's there's a whole process you need to to go through to be able to do that. Yeah. So first you need to rip up the carpet, which took, uh, which was actually pretty pretty easy. Um, you said you were researching this for eight months. Were you researching for eight months before you started? Or did you like rip off your carpet and then go? Oh no no! So I, I did my research first before going in. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so the carpet was the, the the easy part. The hard part is underneath carpet. Yep. Is like some weird um, covering. Yeah. Um, some weird covering, and my the, that build the building I was in is very old, yep. like older than I was. So. It had like almost melted into the floor, oh, no. and so there was just I was just like scraping a whole weekend, just scraping black sticky stuff off the floor, oh my essentially. Gosh. And what what you're left with afterwards is a concrete floor like that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm watching a video while Kevin is yeah. talking of how people do this. Uh, I'm, people don't want to listen to me about how to replace a floor. Well, yeah, hundred percent. This is the point. <laughs> um, so anyway, wait, wait, wait. so because like the reason we're talking about it is you had all this like random stuff on the ground. At any point in this process, as you were doing mm. this, did you stop, look at what you had done to your room and go, I can't handle this. I'm going to get someone else to fix this for me. Actually, my first instance was actually wanting to hire someone to do this for me. Before you ever ripped up the car. Yeah. Do you know what the <laughs> response I got was? Your room's too small. What? It's not big enough. It's not worth the job. So it's like too much hassle for the price that you would pay them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, so you really so had I wanted no choice. To, I wanted to give my money to someone. Oh, this right? is rare for you. This yeah. is great. I was willing to give my money, but no one wanted to take my money. Yeah. Right? Um, so anyway, after you rip up the carpet, get rid of the, the uh, black stuff. On the... I was doing this. So on the side of your walls yeah. is something to keep the carpet down. And it's essentially just um, a piece of wood with yeah. nails sticking out and it's glued to the thing. Yep. So you have to get a crowbar and take out all the nails. Take from the out side all of the, the tacks. That oh all the room. So I'm still watching the same video where this guy's just like cleaning. This guy's just doing exactly what I did. So this is good. Uh, this this will remind me. So after you have to put down some covering. Yep. Um, like what that gentleman is doing there. And then he starts putting the jigsaw yep. pieces together. Now, <laughs> this is where. Uh, what something else happened? What happened? 
So when I was buying these wooden planks, right? From Bunnings. From Bunnings? Yeah. Yeah, I bought them from Bunnings as well. Yeah, the same person who watched you buy a Dremel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watched you come in. So no, like eight months, months later. Next, next project. Eight months later, and you're just like buying these like floating floorboards. Now, because I am... Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, sorry. And then you come back into Bunnings and you're like, you finally do ask a question. <laughs> Where are the crowbars? <laughs> okay. Sorry, continue. Because I'm a cheap bastard. <laughs> I went with the cheapest ones that I could find that oh, also look good. Yeah, yeah. The problem is, if you go back to... The, where was your... That was one that, here? Go back one more. Now, really good quality floating floors. Yeah. See how much excess material you got that sticking out? Yeah. That makes it real easy to put the the um the yeah, boards. Yeah, it looks like the jigsaw piece on that is like you know white as white as two of my fingers. The one yeah. I got from Bunnings. Yeah. Maybe a quarter, oh, if no. that, of excess material. Oh no. And then there's a whole um, process of putting the 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 floorboards together, where you need to buy specialized tools, where it's just for putting floorboards together. <laughs> and you can't use a Dremel? And you can't use a Dremel! <laughs> and then there's this, you have to help this whole tapping and then I ended up having to like get a, a, um, a uh, what do you call it? A Stanley knife at one point. Did to... you have to purchase a Stanley knife? For this? Did I? I think I had one already, so I was good on that. Alright, what I want to know at this point, yep. right, is for the money you ended up spending, not including labor time yep. that you had to do it for just so just materials and just um equipment yeah do you think you ended up paying more or less money than if you had just been able to pay someone to do this for you oh less money yeah like a lot less right but like was it worth my my sanity yeah i don't i don't know i don't think so i think my other question with this then is if you had to do this again yeah could you Oh, I'd probably need to watch like this video right here one more time just to, to be safe, but yeah. Because your room, I'm assuming, is either a square or a rectangle, right? Yeah. So there was no instance where you had to cut one of the floorboards to fit your floor? Uh, no, there was a lot of cutting. Really? Involved. It, uh, How did you cut it? Scissors? Dremel? <laughs> Dremel, you just tiny go through. So there's this whole like mathematical formula to putting the floorboards down. I hate this. Where like again. you want to start off with Instead of a whole board, yep. you start off with half a board so that when you essentially when you start building out, yep. you don't line up, they don't all line up perfectly because yep. then like something to do with the structural integrity of it. Yeah. So um, our mutual friend Tim Carroll yep. um, lent me his like a bandsaw, I think it's called. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what I'm talking about, a bandsaw. Yeah. Bandsaw. Um, so I spent a lot of time just cutting planks as well. Now I'm just gonna fast forward to the end here. Please do. I'm I'm so curious to see how this turned out because I don't know if you've ever sent me photos before. Ah, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, okay. so I pretty much <laughs> I put everything down, right? Yeah. It was only at this point that I was like, "Your key was <laughs> no, <laughs> my key was under the floor. Your yeah, little microchip was underneath the floor. <laughs> no, but I I realized I needed to paint the walls. Oh no, Kevin. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> so it's okay. No, yeah, take it off. And I was, I was pretty much. Maybe, Why didn't you just cover the floor? So like, so I was, <laughs> I was like maybe two rows away from finishing, and I was like, I could cover the floors, but like, if Harry's gonna come in paint, I don't want to risk the paint dripping on the on the floorboards. So I literally, I just, I took out every single plank. Okay, is is that as difficult as you make it out? Like, oh, is it? 
it took you eight months of research and like however many weeks of figuring it out, but you could take it off in a day and put it back in a day or no? It took me maybe three hours to put the whole thing in. Yep. It took me like 10 minutes to take everything out. No. And then you took you three hours again to put it in. Yeah. Later. So you had six hours of extra work. Yep. Because you forgot that you had to paint. And then because cheapest I could find, right? Yeah. They're not meant to be taken in and yeah, out. Yeah, so they break as you take yeah. them out. Yeah, so like there's a couple, if you, if you go to my room, there's maybe like one or two that aren't like lined <laughs> up like super great. So how much does it pain you now looking at your floor and seeing the imperfections and going, it could have been much better than this, but I had to take them off because of the paint. Or yeah. do you not think about it much? Yeah, look, normally something like that would annoy me, but I don't think about it much. I don't know why. Do I think, think maybe because, because you... I just like I don't want to think about it because I know all I know that is there for me is pain yeah. and misery. Because you have no choice. No choice. And is it possible that you feel that way though because you're you did it yourself? Like even though it's not perfect, you're like I made this thing. Oh yeah, like it feels great to have done it. And if but... you had uh, construction people, I don't know what point I'm trying to make, but if you had construction people in that room and they were doing that for you and they made the same mistake you did, oh, I would lose my shit. But you didn't have to pay them more; they just made that mistake. But would I have to live with the mistake? You would have to then. Like, as they put it back, you notice that there's like, you know, small imperfections. Nothing that's like completely out there, but you notice that it wasn't like that before, but you took it out and put it back in and it's bad now. Oh, I would be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because you did it with your own hands. That I can and live you, with it. <laughs> it's an accomplishment. It totally is an accomplishment. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. What a journey. So yeah, that's another... That's another... We just, I feel like we're just digging into my traumatic yeah. DIY experience. Yeah, yeah, we're unpacking it. Yeah. Because the question I asked you before we recorded is, are you working on your next project? Or what is your next project? What do you think you, it's going You make be? it sound like I, I have these plans. <laughs> I'm purposely putting myself through this, this pain. You make it out like you don't, but you, you approach it in the way I imagine a hobbyist would. Hmm? You do your research, you look at the materials that you either need to purchase or borrow, and you, you like teach yourself to do it, and then you do it. There's something that goes before all of that, though. Misery. No. Something that annoys me, all right? Oh, so there's like the, um, the inciting event. Yeah, so the, the, the pain point, the friction that, that leads me to it. So are you feeling any friction in your, in your current like housing situation? Um, there was one, and, but it's a pretty easy, easy fix. But Bunnings didn't, uh, Bunnings again. <laughs> I was literally at Bunnings this last weekend. Once to buy a new laundry basket, which is amazing, called a hip hugger. Yeah. It's just like, it's very nasty. Go All right, you it. keep talking. I'm going to Google what a hip hugger is. <laughs> um, oh, wait, this could be problematic. Sa safe mode, safe mode. <laughs> hip hugging, safe mode. Um, but no, so in really old buildings, there are these air vents. Yeah. Um, and they would... Oh, there... wait, I've got one of these. Yeah, it's like nice and curved. Oh my gosh, I never hold it that way. I just like hold it like a, like a laundry basket. <laughs> okay. Um, they're really old air vents that are used for circulation, but mm -hmm. you don't really need them anymore unless you're like, you're using like a gas heater or something. Yeah. Because otherwise during the winter you can get like droughts coming in or hot air coming in during the summer as yep. well. Um, and because it's been so cold recently, I've been trying to find ways to make my room more warm. <laughs> um, so you can buy these like, um, basically they're just like air vent covers. Yeah. Um, so I went to Bunnings, they didn't have them. <laughs> <laughs> so I've just, I, I don't know if it's technically DIY, but I bought some uh, double-sided um, double tape from Bunnings instead. Yeah. And then with the nice paper we have here at the store factory, the kind of the somewhat thicker 
thicker paper. Yep. And just so one of those, cut in half, stick that over the vent, double-sided on, on one side. So that's what's covering my vents right now. <laughs> so I don't know if that counts as a DIY job. I think job. it does. That's... I think it does. Because there were two more things I wanted to talk about before we wrapped up today. Yeah. And the first one is, can we talk about your footstool? <laughs> can I go grab it? Yeah, yeah. So Kevin's going to go to the other room and grab his footstool. But basically, um, I, I came back from a workshop one day and I came to our office here in Parramatta and he was like cutting pieces of cardboard apart. And he had like his, his, his scissors kind of laid out around him and, um, you know, masking tape. And he was, he was moving things around and he almost looked like he was making a little diorama. And I thought, you know, we do a lot of creative things here at work. So I thought, is he kind of trying to create a setting for a story that he's going to get students to write about? And he's holding it now. And basically, it looks like one of those dioramas you would make. You know, you see it in like American television shows where you're walking to school and you've got your little, like, here is the family and this is their bedroom. And it's got these separated sections and it's about the size of a shoebox. And I was kind of only seeing the underside of it. And he had like these little rooms. And then... I was, I was kind of just watching him because I was curious what he was doing. And then he turned it upside down, um, put it on the floor, and then put his feet on it. And um, it, right now, Kevin, do you want to read what it says on, on, on this? Uh, Kevin's footstool version 1.0. All right. So in what friggin' universe, right, were you sitting down and going, my feet aren't touching the ground. I'm not comfortable enough in this seat. And I'm assuming you already tried to like, you know, press the, the seat down so you're going as low then as possible. Then when your seat goes down, like then your arms are like below the table. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like, my height isn't the right way that I, I need it to be. I'm more comfortable if I put my seat up, but then my feet don't touch the ground. I'm a tiny man. <laughs> In what universe do you think that the solution for that, I'm not knocking you. It's just my brain works so differently to yours. Do you think you're going to go create uh, uh, I don't know what to call a footstool yep. out of like old box pieces for the perfect height to then rest your feet on. Like, what was your thought process? Um, I need something to put my feet on. <laughs> that's, that's literally the point. Okay, so the first, I could have done without the extra uh, structural uh, improvements that I made to this box. Yeah. But the thing was, I was worried that over time that it would start to sag. Because imagine if, if all of these weren't here, right? All the brackets inside. If the yeah. brackets weren't there. You just have. Your, it's pretty much um, being held by three points. Yeah. And then if all the weight is here, it would start to like sag, right? After yes. a while. But with the brackets that I put in, I can stand on this. You can stand on that? I can stand on this. It's so a flimsy piece of cardboard. Some pieces have fell out. So there's no way you can stand on so that. So maybe it might not hold my weight anymore, but I'm going to try to stand on this. Lean, lean on, lean. there's no way you can. You... Oh my God, he's standing on it. What? It's only because that there, there's uh, brackets underneath there uh, made out of cardboard. Cardboard. How is that possible? That's science. Did you... Oh, I got <laughs> so many creaking. questions. It's creaking. Can you hear it creaking? Get off, please. We don't want to... Is... Kevin, this is blowing my mind. All right. Um, you made this footstool. Uh, you, were, you knew that you needed it. Yeah. And you needed something that size. The box that you use is usually where we keep our paper. We have yeah. so many boxes with paper already in them. Yes. Why don't you just take one of those boxes and then put your feet on it? It's the same size and it doesn't need supports in it because it's got like stacks of sheets of paper in there. Because it's paper. That, because it's being used for a purpose. Right? But it's it, not. It, it's it has storage. A purpose, it's, no, storage is a purpose. This was like a box I found in the recycling bin. All right. And also like just to justify why I spent extra time making the brackets, the biggest one is like, 
Say like I'm sitting back here, right? I need to like go in a bit. I can like I can put weight on this. Yeah. Like. Oh wow. All right. Two questions. I'm gonna allow myself two questions on this one because I'm so fascinated by it. Yes. Question one: Have you ever made something like that before? N uh, no. 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 Never had to make footstool before. So question two is: Did you research how to create the brackets in that in a way that would make sure that it could hold your weight? And uh, it's made out of cardboard? No, I just kind of went with, I don't, know, I don't know if common sense is the right word. I just knew that I definitely wouldn't be able to stand on it if I just like cut a box in half. Um, I knew it had to be supported somehow. Uh, maybe, maybe I can contribute this to watching uh, Mythbusters as a child or yeah. something. I don't know. Because I think I had a similar experience with Mythbusters where they would build something. Like, here is a rocket that we're going to attach to a Coke bottle or whatever. And it keeps falling apart because of this reason. And then Jamie would look at it and go, well, we need to bracket here. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, Thank you. And you're like, all right, cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to like internalize that for the next time I need to make myself a footstool. Yeah. Um, my theory with you in hearing all of this is I think if you had been born in a different year, maybe like 40 years ago, you would have been the absolute handyman of of like whatever neighborhood slash household slash workplace you attended or mm. were at. Mm. I think you are naturally a handyman, but there's something about the way that we live our lives that has gravitated you away from that. But your like handyman spirit is still um, persevering. <laughs> it's like just ripping out of my body. It's like I want to live. Because there, there is n n no universe, I feel, where I would think that the solution for me is I'm going to go out of my way to create a footstool. Well, there would never be a situation for you though, where you personally would need a footstool. So, oh, because there's a height difference, yeah. right? But I'm trying to think of equivalent. What would the equivalent be for me? Oh, I don't know, proving your point of me making the Mandarin picker as well. Yeah, so this is, this is a great like, thing to, to show the differences in our personality. We're at work now and we've got three Mandarin trees outside. And the first thing we do when the mandarin trees come is we pick all the fruit that's low hanging. Yeah. Um, and, and then we eat that in like, you know, 20 minutes. And then there's all this fruit on top of the tree that we can't reach. My solution to get that. Which is a really good solution. This is way. my solution. I park outside. I get in my car. I turn my car on. I drive like maybe uh, five meters forward. I turn off my car. I get out of my car. I climb on top of my car and I pick whatever fruit I want. What was your solution? Um, I made it. It's called the Mandarin Picker version 1.0. <laughs> Everything's 1.0. So um, I had brought in. I was finding a way. Like I remember, like watching something. Maybe it was like I, I was. In, <laughs> sounds really bad. So inspired by like um, people catching like wild dogs. Oh right. Where yeah. They have this kind of like it's like a really long handle. And has a rope at the end where you can put the rope over the dog safe from a safe distance. Or like a crocodile. Or a crocodile from a really far distance. And you pull the string yeah. and then it like either closes the mouth of a crocodile or it goes over the neck of the dog so you can control it. So I knew that I had something. I knew I had like a big metal stick that I brought in that was part of a light stand. Yeah. Um, and then I just, I was just, I was in the storeroom. I was just like rummaging around for something I could use as rope. And then I found like, I think it's like a bike lock or yeah. something similar. So I, I don't know. Wait, you found the, the bike locky part here at work? Yeah, in the, in the oh, printing room. Oh, right. In the, you know, I think it's maybe Nick's little box, box of things. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole process, but one way or another, I made, I made it, I was able to create it so that there's a mechanism where you can like um, 
feed ropes and then or pull in the ropes depending on <laughs> this is so convoluted. <laughs> there's so many moving parts but it, it works really well i know it does i guess the, the thing that i'll say about my solution yes and this is sort of similar to the thing we were saying earlier on about the car where my solution for the little chip would be i'd rip it out and just stick it to my steering wheel is that the drawback is someone can steal my car the drawback of my thing is that it's not adjustable my car is always the same height and i'm always the same height so i'm going to climb on top of it and then I'm only ever going to be able to reach a limited amount of Mandarin. Mm. More than if I was on the ground, but less than if I had your thing. Yeah. But your thing is extendable and you can go almost the entire length of the tree, which I can't. How about this? Mandarin picker 2.0, your car and my Mandarin car. The meaning of two worlds. Yeah. Um, this has been such a fascinating exploration. I feel bad. I feel like this has just been a showcase of my Honestly, getting up to weird shit. I think deep down, this is what I always wanted. Is I wanted, because the note I want to end on, right, is your version, I think, of this, which maybe we'll talk about in a future episode, is you are a handyman, I feel, or a handy person. And the way that you channel that energy now is you look at tech things. Mm. You do like, I'm, I'm going to um, look at this lighting setup, or I'm going to look at this like streaming setup, or I'm going to try to play Legend of Zelda on my phone. Those are all your like tinkering things. Mm. But if, if, the microchip didn't exist and Kevin did and there was no like like computer technology I think you would have just channeled all that energy into all the random stuff that you're talking about now I think you would have found the hobby in working with your hands regardless of whether or not like internet things existed I think you would have always done that I think that's something that's like inherent in you and I think that's just fascinating to think about like people's natures and and how I don't know if that's informed by you just like not liking talking to people and just doing things yourself um, or if it's just like something that you were born with that you just had to create things mm. your guess is as good as mine I don't know um, we'll, we'll check out what happens with Footstool 2.0 yeah. yeah if you listen to this episode all the way through and you see me in person um, your uh, code word so I know that you've made it this far and that you're a true fan is um, pink beak <laughs> because I'm just going off of your wallpaper of these like fabulous looking crows yes yes alright See you guys. Bye.